AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're just two unapologetically black women with an opinion who talk back. Hey, y'all. It's me, Tan Bam. Welcome to a new episode of We Talk Back. You sure is you? I don't like that. (laughs) She was like, I don't know. I don't know who I am, bitch. How was your Valentine's Day? (laughs) Can I introduce my motherfucking self? What's up, y'all? It's AJ. Hi. (laughs) Girl, you sure you your motherfucking self? Sometimes. How was your Valentine's? I didn't do much. Chill out. I took myself out to dinner and I went to, um, you know, this is my first year with no Valentine, but it was cool. Mm-hmm. I took myself out to dinner and I hit up a few spots in the city, got a little tipsy and took my ass home. That's it. I mean, Saturday. Yeah, I did that on Saturday. Actual holiday Monday. Um, I didn't do shit. I don't think anybody did anything had, on Monday, right? Yeah, well, um, I didn't I didn't go nigga knocking, you guys. I didn't. <laughs> I, it just wasn't in me this year. I think I've outgrown that. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it next year, but I don't know. Something about potentially getting shot by somebody <laughs> this year was just not on the menu. <laughs> but I did have send me, someone send me 124 roses and balloons and cupcakes and shit. And then didn't come to see me. So I was in here with all that shit by myself. That's some bullshit. That's cock blocking. Yeah. Yeah. Because how you <laughs> it is cock blocking, isn't like, it? Like, what if you had other plans? If you're not going to be here, what the fuck? Why are you? Why we got all this shit in the house and you in here? That's like yeah. the ultimate cock block. Yeah, I, I didn't even think of it that way. You're right. Like, it was kind of like a dog uh, pissing on my, the territory. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah that was my valentine's day but it, it smells like a nice little rainforest in here i guess mm. thanks that's still a good Thank time friend. no it, it the flowers are beautiful and i do appreciate them I oh i did get flowers for valentine's i'm sure i want some company i got some flowers for valentine's i like flowers oh you know what i did get on valentine's day what? 
My period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so you ain't the about fuck? to have nobody up in there anyway. Nah, it was dead. It was dead by 1130 that afternoon. I think if your period was on now, you probably would have gave a fuck. You would have cared that you couldn't have nobody else up in there. uh, (laughs) I would have brought another nigga up in here anyway. (laughs) Like, where you get all these flowers from? Not you. You better step your game up. Basically. (laughs) Hint, hint, nigga. No, I'm joking. I'm, I I don't even have anybody that I would have wanted. Even the nigga who bought the flowers that I would have wanted in here on Valentine's Day, just because this seems like a day for lovers. And since I'm not in love, I don't know. Whatever. It's still a nice day. It is. I mean, it's a beautiful day. I never, ever tripped over Valentine's. But if you with somebody or even just smashing, like, niggas know they better show up for whoever they fucking with. Or it's going to be right. a problem. Same problem. It's going to be a whole problem. Even if, don't even, I don't even want no goddamn happy Valentine's Day text if you ain't send me shit. Right, don't at least send a bitch me. a DoorDash meal or something. God damn. Be, send a bitch a chicken. Get your ass stuff the chicken. next day like it, everything normal. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the number you have reached. <laughs> so, uh, it's Black History Month. Uh, I have a baddie who talks back. We actually have two baddies who talk back oh, today, yeah. but I'm going to read about one to you guys. So uh, today's baddie, today's first baddie is Moms Mabley, and she was one of the most successful entertainers of the Black Chitlin circuit. Uh, she was Jackie Moms Mabley, born Loretta, Loretta Mary Aiken in 1894, and at the apex of her long career, she was earning 10000 a week at Harlem's Apollo what? Theater. That's good money, bruh. Ten thousand yeah, dollars a okay. week. A week. Maybe Maybelline focused on conventional topics such as family and others not normally covered by comedians of the era, white or black, such as infidelity, poverty, welfare, and inebriation. So she's talking about getting drunk and shit. Right, and y'all get. And you couldn't shit. talk about that then. <laughs> uh, her career spanned five decades, although white audiences did not know of her until the early nineteen sixties. Maybe Maybelline played. God damn, I'm reading like AJ. Fuck you. Fuck the phonics head ass girl. Maybelline played Carnegie Hall in 1962. Mainstream TV appearances in the 1960s include variety uh, show appearances like Flip Wilson, Mike Douglas, Merv Griffin, the Smother Brothers Comedy Hour. This is some old shit. And <laughs> Rowan and Martin's Laughing in 1967. She was an inspiration for irreverent female comics of that era, including Phyllis Diller. And in her final years, Mabley poked fun at the president and at government officials. Moms Mabley, you are a baddie who talks back. Hey. Thank you so much for making us laugh all those years. Okay, but now for the second baddie who talks back, we got Lunell on We Talk Back. Lunell. Oh, my God. I can't wait. This is exciting. She's so funny. Let's go to commercial so we can hurry up and get to it. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes 
I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all listen, we got a super duper special guest on We Talk Back this week. We got the bad girl of comedy, Miss Lunell on We Talk Back. I'm talking actress, writer, comedy legend, number one movies, wife, mother. She's done it all. Thank you for coming on We Talk Back, Miss Lunell. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We see that you're called the bad girl of comedy. The original. The original bad girl. The original. Don't get it twisted. The original bad girl of comedy. The original bad girl of comedy. And you were talking to the Jasmine's brand, and you said that you talk shit and you smack the bitch in the club. Why did you smack that bitch in the club? First of all, you're asking me to explain why I have the name, the original bad girl of comedy. Yes. Okay. I didn't give myself that name. I don't give myself names. Mm-hmm. I was given that name by a comedy promoter in the Bay Area named Rick Sullivan many, many, many years ago, over 20 years ago, mm-hmm. because at that time I was considered a bad girl. I would bar fight. Uh-uh. I would go to jail. I was doing <laughs> bad things. Mm-hmm. So that's why he gave me that name. But regardless of my personal activities, I still remain the funniest woman in the funniest comic in the room. So that's how I come. I continue to work. So our brand, we talk shit, we raunchy, and we say what the fuck we feel all the time. And I get like how I get uh, responses like, "How you gonna ever find a husband talking like that? How you gonna you be taken serious with you talking like that?" So I just wanted to ask you, being someone doing comedy for so long and being married for June 21st, you'll be celebrating the anniversary of 21 years. Congratulations to that. How do you navigate that shit? Like, how do you navigate 
a world where people tell you like, oh, you're not ladylike enough and you're not this enough to sustain and a healthy And how you find a man and let you be yourself? Be? How about that? Yeah, that. That part. Well, actually, he found right. me. Okay. I didn't find him. Mm -hmm. I'm very much a fan of like who likes you. Quit trying to make people who don't like you mm -hmm. like you. Mm -hmm. See who likes you and see if you can like them back, you know, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, um, my husband met me in a club uh, at a show, so he very much knew how I was the minute he met me, literally. Mm -hmm. And um, some men actually like and gra gravitate to bad girls, mm -hmm. obviously. I mean, if you look at my friend Natalie Nunn, she's got a mouth, she fights on television, and she has an amazing husband, a beautiful daughter, and an amazing home life. You might say, how does Natalie have a man? Well, I'm sure he has to put up with a lot, but, you know, he can take it. You know, um, I think that um, the old adage of being a nice girl, it doesn't work anymore because guys aren't really looking for that nicer girl all the time, depending on the guy. Um, my husband and I right now, though, my husband is ill. And when you have a, 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 a mate who's ill, you really start to realize what the vows mean, better or worse, richer or poor, sickness and in health. And my husband is sick, so he doesn't travel with me anymore. I don't have that support system that I used to have when he did travel with me and help me sling merchandise and do all that kind of stuff. I think that even a bad girl is not a bad girl all the time. Right. You know, I still cook. I'm still a mother. I still went to the PTA meetings as much as I could. Uh, when my daughter was coming up, I wasn't as on the road as I am now. Mm -hmm. So I was able to make her first years up to like 13 or 14 pretty solid. It's just since then I've been traveling extensively and, and doing a lot more film and television on location and out of town. I really don't um, know how anybody else does it. I, 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 I just know how it works for, for me. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's just got to be a certain kind of guy. You know, if I'm crazy and disrespectful, as long as I'm not that way to him, right. you know, then he probably don't. They probably don't have a a problem with it, uh, because it just comes with, with the the territory. Ma male comics, uh, talk about their wives you know, disparagingly in their comedy. All the yeah, all the time. So I'm really not even trying to hear the shit. If you like me, you like me. If you don't, that's you know, fine. I, I had to end a relationship because right. you know, uh, I was being censored on this podcast. Like I really feel like I can't be my fucking self. Say what I want to say, and you know that I don't. I don't want to say as a character because we definitely are ourselves, right? But if you can't handle right. me talking about past experiences, like our podcast is about relationships, if you can't handle that type of shit, then you don't need to be with me because I'm going to be normal when I come home to you or when we're together, right? But if you can't handle me, just well, it has to be right. a strong man. A strong man is going to back his mm -hmm. woman. A strong woman is going to back. Her man. I mean, you got men to do porn that are married. Mm -hmm. And the women nah, got to deal with that. that. <laughs> and if this podcast or, or, or if this podcast or us women mm -hmm. are not for you, 
then there's a million podcasts that will suit you. You don't have to stay here, listen to us, and criticize us. Go over to Fred Hammond's podcast. Go over to Karen Clark mm-hmm. Shears' podcast. Go over to something else that's more suited for you. But here, this is your platform, and anybody that want to say anything about it, you know. Can go to hell. <laughs> Right. Like right. middle finger to my old life, and I mean that. <laughs> um, so, being a female in a male-dominated industry, what do you feel like was your biggest obstacle as far as your career is concerned? I don't think I had many obstacles because my comedy speaks for itself. You know, if you're a female and you're not as strong as the men that you're performing with, that's when you run into a problem. But if you're a female and you're slaying consistently for years and you're in demand and the people, because it's the people who make up who's Mm -hmm. popular and who's not, you can't really buy that. If the people are riding with you, if you tap into a zeitgeist of how people feel, male and female, because I don't do comedy directed only at females. I do comedy directed at people, you know? Mm -hmm. I talk about relationships. I talk about gaining weight. I talk about kids. talk about corona. I talk about all that type of stuff, and that deals with people, not just females. But, of course, I have to speak from a female perspective because out of every hundred comedy shows, you might see seven females. You know, you have comedy shows that will have, like, five men on them and no female, yet mm-hmm. females are the biggest ticket buyers yeah. in the audience. They buy tickets right. for themselves, they buy tickets mm-hmm. for their man sometimes. But people don't support a comedy show with five females on it. But right. see, you have to have the right type of female. No, nobody wants to hear about your cramps and your menstrual cycle and your nails and all that shit. Talk about some real shit. Talk about the fact that we have a generation of men growing up coddled mm. and not getting taught right and that these these niggas out here can't even change but who the do we blame for that right. though let's talk, talk, that. let's talk about that, that for a second because listen our podcast we do talk shit about men a lot right but we also want to make women accountable so we always say like who raised these niggas oftentimes it's a black woman raising well, these unfortunately, niggas unfortunately well it's a black woman who stretched thin who, who Mm-hmm. stretched in, and the man may have mm-hmm. left them mm-hmm. holding the bag. And the society has um, made it the norm to have a single family, single mm-hmm. parent household. It is household. made for double occupancy. The mm-hmm. government has made it financially feasible to not have mm-hmm. a man in the house. Mm-hmm. You can go back and watch this movie called Claudine. And that it, it, it that was in the in the seventies, and 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 you can see how that has happened. I think that men need to raise their male sons in the way that they were raised. You know, uh, if they want, if they have a the reason we even have gangs is because ninety eight percent of the guys in gangs came from a single right. parent household. They don't have the male bonding that they need. Mm-hmm. A mother can teach a son a lot of things, but you mm-hmm. can't be their daddy, period. And it really takes a man mm-hmm. to raise a man. There's a lot of women who do a good jobs with their sons, 
but in some areas right. they're going to be lacking. We don't know unless you're, I don't know how to raise a male child. I don't know what balls are supposed to do. I don't know what <laughs> how to right. take care of little penises and shit. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to shave a face. A man teaches a young man that. Right. I truly believe that, you know, it's a shame to have, and then and then when it comes to men of, of means, unfortunately, these women are out here having children without the support of their man or even unwed because uh, I just don't, I wouldn't, there's not enough money. I wouldn't care if Usher impregnated me. There's not enough money for me to have a baby with a man simply for right. financial gain, you know, right. which a lot of chicks are doing these days. But that baby's not going to stay a baby forever. It's going to grow up. It shit gets more complicated, not less complicated. Right. You, the school things you got to attend to. There's parent-teacher meetings that you need to show up for. There's, you know, events and athletics and all this shit that I can't stand. I have one. <laughs> so and now, done. You, you talked but, about, um, um, you said something about like the system, how the system is set up for the single moms or whatever. Do you think that system was established because the men were leaving? Because I don't, I don't think the system was established because the men were leaving. I, I think the system was established because the men weren't no, there. No, I don't I think mean, because that, they just weren't there in the first place. I think the system, I think it was set up to help destroy the black household, literally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that they, have made it financially better for a woman in a certain bracket to be without be a man. Herself. Right. Yeah. So I, I really don't blame the men, men or the women. I think we scapegoat for men in that case because, like I said, were they leaving the household or were, was it to where they just couldn't be there? Because I feel like maybe they weren't there in the first place. So they left on their own accord and then the system came in. Well, a man mm -hmm. can leave. A man can get up and leave physically. Mm -hmm. They can do that. A woman can't leave right. with Mama's a pregnant baby, belly. Daddy, maybe. We're stuck. Where's she going? We got to have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have to have it. So it's easier for them to get and leave. Boy. I think what you really need to do is try to work on these relationships first mm -hmm. before you jump up and try to have a baby. Even when you do get married, you know, why don't you enjoy each other for a while before you get married and automatically start spitting out these kids? Because that is a big, stressful you know, that's a big undertaking, raising a child. If you want to raise a child exactly. right, you know, I'm very, um, I'm very uh, pro whipping. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tear some ass. I off. don't. I believe in that I'm very pro on the, that's fine. I'm I do. Very I'm with you. Pro, yeah, I'll fuck you up. And mm -hmm, I'm, I'm very pro <laughs> pop up at the school type thing. Like to be a scary, unpredictable parent. Is what will keep these kids a little bit in line. You never know when my mama's gonna show up. My mama might be here, you know, <laughs> looking through the fence at me at school. I think fear, ass mama. fear is what raises good kids. Yeah. Look, neither one right. of us are got kids, right? And I always be teasing my friends that got kids. I'd be like, man, fuck y'all black mamas. I can't stand y'all ass. Because, because they only do what they do to their kids what was done to them, right? So I've Okay, so I've every every nigga I've ever been with got kids, right? So I feel like when you tell a kid, like, you know what, I'm really disappointed in you. If your goal is to make that kid cry, you could tell them some shit like that, and they're gonna cry. Like you don't have to put your hand on a little person who got half the life experiences as you do as an adult, 
And you're doing the same fucked up shit, but because you're a certain age, is okay. But you get to beat this kid because they're doing it. I don't believe in that. Well, the fact that you, every man you've been with, I won't say every, has had children. But the majority, okay? Majority. <laughs> but yes. that's what you My ex fiance had two kids, so <laughs> okay. yeah, majority. Okay, well, I don't choose to live with your baby mamas in my life. So my husband did have children. They were grown mm -hmm. when we got married. My baby daddy don't have no children. It's just he and I. So I don't have to deal with a right. baby mama. Mm -hmm. And the reason my husband had daughters because his wife left, and she's the one who went out on a drug binge and left mm. him with the children. So he raised three girls by himself. Mm. So that was sort of a different situation. But I don't know. I don't want to. Uh, some some guys have really great kids. Right. A lot of them. Right. A lot of them don't. And I, you and know, some of them, I don't want to. We dealing with younger yeah. kids though. Even these little ones, even these little humans, they be bad as hell. Sometimes they need they ass whooped. Yeah, I've seen a really uh, a spurt in really bad kids out here. These entitled. And... These kids be entitled as hell, man. They think. The world owed him something. I don't know. It's the craziest I know thing. when my daughter was coming up, I told her, I said, I will not ever buy you a video game. If you want to play video games, go over one of your friends' houses and play. But you won't get one because, A, they're expensive. B, these kids lose interest mm -hmm. in about two weeks. And C, you're fucking seven years old. I want you to go outside exactly. and get some air. Vitamin bounce a ball. Draw a hopscotch. Get the fuck from... Because these kids are raised now and... From birth, there's a, a camera shoved in their face. Mm -hmm. From birth. Like in the birthing mm -hmm. room sometimes. And then you got parents putting little emojis and shit on these kids. The filters kids. on the baby face. They don't need to think they're a filters. bunny or that they're a deer. Or that they they're ready a for the metaverse. You know, I, mean, I don't like that. Ready for the metaverse. Right. What you think about what's going on with Kanye? What you think about his antics with Kanye West? Well, I think it's really sad, actually, because, I mean, I remember the college mm -hmm. dropout Kanye. Mm -hmm. And that's the Kanye that I really liked. Love, right. But I think that everything stems back to when Miss Donda passed away. I don't think that he's probably ever grieved that or had so therapy right. for that. You know, he may have guilt. Yes, his mother already had money, but she surely had more money when Kanye right. started making money. So with that excess Kanye money, she went and had all these surgeries and then subsequently passed. He may have guilt about that. Mm -hmm. So I think that he really did want a family and really did love Kim and really wanted to be with her. He wrote a song and then he lived his song. And then, you know, that, that um, you know, and, and what do you say about, and uh, as soon as they give what and they ask for a white girl, and then what did he do? Yeah, um, and so I don't think black. that whether he had exactly. a white or a black, well, I think he just needs some therapy, some hugs. He need a hug, mm -hmm. and that he need to just cool out for a while. Go to Cabo, <laughs> relax, spend some of your money. Because to me, the best thing he's done since college dropout is right. that choir. Believe it or not, his choir is bomb ass. Oh, I and, love them. Yeah, you know they sang at DMX's funeral, and I cried from the moment they open their mouth. So um, I just think that, um, it's first of all, I'm confused about why Kim, who already had two beautiful children, had exactly. to have two more. Why did she have to have that, two more? To lock in more? the ass in. 
But she, she don't yeah, need to check. Yeah, but Donna She can, she can she get Kanye shit too. Like you had, if y'all marriage is really well, she has so much money. But if your marriage is really failing real like that, like she just, how old is the last child? So now you just had this last baby via surrogate. I believe the last three is via via surrogate, right? I don't think she had. She only mm-hmm. the two. last two. She was pregnant twice. Y'all sure? I, I feel like Kim was pregnant she, one time. I think she, she had was one baby and never had another. I feel like she was pregnant once. Well, I don't really know because exactly. I don't I don't follow them like that. But um, I think there's something sinister about wanting mm-hmm. to have two more kids with a man who obviously has mental issues. I don't think everything is for the bag because Kim's kids, their kids, and their kids will never right. need a dime mm-hmm. if they never work. They've got so much money. They're going to mm-hmm. continue to make money. Their money. I think that she did love him, but then she fell out of love because he went, you know, sort of nuts on her. And they weren't always together. You think Kanye was really nuts? I'm like indifferent because I, the shit he's doing to her publicly online, like I've seen that before personally. So I know like narcissistic behavior when the fuck I see it. Right. But then the other side of that, he's in the industry. The first thing he was saying about, uh, um, the oldest daughter is like, my daughter never be a stripper. My daughter never do this and that. It's like he's concerned about his children in this industry. You know what I'm saying? And we already know the, the Tammy know I'm a whole conspiracy theorist, child. So, <laughs> yeah. But let's, let's, I want to, let's get back to you. Cause I want to talk more about you. And I saw that you started at uh, Miss Wiz Club in Long Beach. That's the like a old school club and Long Beach comedy club. And Robin mm-hmm. Harris was your mentor. He became your mentor. What was that like? And how did he change your life as far as comedy is concerned? Well, okay. There was a club in Long Beach called Miss Wiz. It's since burned down, but some people do remember it. That's the first place I ever went on stage to do stand-up comedy. And it wasn't because I wanted to be a comedian. I had a roommate who was dating a comedian mm. who ran the club. Mm-hmm. And he would be around the house, and he thought it was funny. He said, if you ever want to do stand-up, come to my club. I'll put you on the minute you walk in. And I was like, I don't want to be no stand-up comedian. But then I did start thinking about some things that happened to me that are funny, because if you know anything about my comedy, you can't quote a joke that I tell because I don't tell jokes. Right. I tell stories, right. just like Cosby used to do or mm-hmm. Richard or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't say that Robin was my mentor. He was the first person I met on the very first day I did stand-up. When I got off the stage, I met Robin Harris. Mm -hmm. And he told me to go to the Comedy Act Theater. That's where he hosted. And it it sort of snowballed after that. But I would say that it was, what you call it, it was like a a sign. Mm -hmm. I'd say that it was a sign that I met him the first night I ever did comedy. It's just like when I got my residency in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. George Wallace brought me out on stage. Well, George Wallace had been in Vegas for, you know, 20 years Mm -hmm. and been like the king of Las Vegas. For him to bring me out on my first night, I take that as a sign. So I wouldn't say Robin was my mentor, but he definitely was an inspiration for me. He definitely was an inspiration for me because he didn't have the Hollywood looks. He wasn't slim. And yet he was still the funniest one. In the room, right. and I, you know, I, I, I'm not um, a little red bone. I don't have long hair. I'm not slender, anything like that. But right. I slay. I so this is when your talent overcomes mm-hmm. your your look. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of ugly male comedians out there that are killers. So mm-hmm. I don't think that we should be held to the same 
standard, but your 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 product, your comedy should speak I, for itself. I no matter what that, you look um, like. They've had comedians that got cerebral palsy that are killers. Killing it. You know? I watched that um mm-hmm. the Fat Tuesdays on um on Amazon Prime. I did yeah, I did Amazon not realize Prime, yeah. that Robin Harris died at 36 years old because we were kids. You know what I'm saying? I didn't realize he was that young when he died. And I saw your uh your piece on it, and you were saying like, yeah, if you eat collard greens and neck bones, all this shit. Everybody else had all this nice shit to say about that man. <laughs> you like, yeah, what the fuck you think gonna happen? You gonna have a heart attack? No, it's very well. <laughs> no, there was there was a place in uh, Long Beach that he used mm-hmm. to like to eat like after the show. So we're talking about one o'clock in the morning. Robin used to eat Nigga like food. this, you know, and uh, uh, like totally. And and this also, you got to remember, there was no bottled water then. There was no the veganism mm-hmm. then. There right. was no soy, nothing. There was none of this back then. He just ate what we what we right. had grown up on, you know. Right. But it was unhealthy. You you mix some Hennessy with all that, and late nights. And you know you you might stroke out. Right. It was a terrible loss for yes. the comedy community, and I do suggest everybody check out that uh, Fat Tuesday P H A T, not F A T P H A T Fat Tuesday documentary on Amazon Prime. It did give you a lot of a lot of history. Thanks for yeah, watching. Yeah, I didn't know that. they call it hip hop comedy. Oh, that's interesting. But it's yeah, it is. Yeah, because it sort of came in the same era. Everything was. Between the clothes and the, the music content. and the comedy, mm-hmm. all sort of like hit at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah, it was crazy. It was very exciting. What What is your take on these young uh, comics or comedians coming up in this social media era where they just jump on, uh, go viral, and then now they're instant comedian and they didn't have to get it out the mud like some of the greats that you came up with? What What is your thoughts on that? Well, at first... I was extremely resentful because we have had to go through a lot to get the spot that we're in. Mm -hmm. And it seems like they Mm -hmm. came out of nowhere and did videos on Instagram. Now they're booked in the same club. It took me 20 years to get booked in. And they're standing Mm -hmm. next to me. I was very, very resentful. And I said it. Now, I have changed my mind since then slightly. Um, I don't think that everybody who's doing comedy that came from Instagram is a comedian. I do think that a lot of them have a good future at being a comedic actor or actress. I don't think that everybody has the chops or the wherewithal to do stand-up comedy, even though they sell the club out. A lot of times these people from Instagram sell the club out, the people come and they're disappointed because they weren't really as funny in person as they were when they had their edited exactly. content Video. on social mm-hmm. media. I do enjoy Just Hilarious. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy Country Wayne. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm probably going <laughs> to stop right there because there's, <laughs> there's some others that I'm still still trying to check out. And unfortunately, I can't speak on all of their comedy because I haven't right. seen it. Because we all work at the same time. Every mm-hmm. comedian works on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. So how can I go see you, even if we're in the same town, if we're both on stage at the mm-hmm. same time? Maybe if you on a Sunday, if you have one show, 
and they have two shows, you can get over to where they are and maybe catch the second show. But that's rare. I'm dying to see what B. Simone does on stage. She seems to be killing it. I'm dying to see, you know, I didn't know Country Wayne personally till we worked together. And I wanted to see what he does on stage. And now I have seen. And he's really, really, really good and very spiritual, more so than Jesus is popping. That's like just Country not what Wayne. he says. He really has his Bible with him. Yeah, and he's a mm -hmm. really grounded guy, doing really good with all his kids and baby mamas. <laughs> I don't think that he nigga has too got much, it work. You know, Trouble. <laughs> he yeah, don't let he that dick to. make a slave out of him, child. <laughs> I wouldn't say a slave. He's a very high high priced slave, if that's what he is. Right. Yeah. So I, I didn't I didn't really feel it in the beginning, but and I and I take issue with them being called right. comedians. I would mm -hmm. say, you know, like I say, comic actor or internet comedian or mm -hmm. uh, striving comedian or you know something like that. But, um, you know, that's just me. They don't, here's the other thing. They don't give a fuck what I think. See, I used to give a fuck like what Paul Mooney thought of me or mm -hmm. what or what Robin Harris thought of me or what even DL thought of me or D-Ray Day. I used to give a fuck. I still do. But the social media influencers, social media community, they right. don't care what I think. They don't give a fuck <laughs> about us. And that's, that's sort of hurtful yeah, too. Because, you know, it's like, bitch, you know, they didn't even hire women for this club, we came through the Laura Hayes, right. we paid the way. myself, we came through and then made the way, but they don't really give a fuck about us. And so subsequently, a lot of us don't give a fuck about them. But I think that, you know, there are social media people out there who do look up to some of us, maybe not me, but some mm -hmm. of us. And then that's always good because, you know, we haven't been out here busting asses for the hell of it and right. not for the money because we did comedy before there was any money. Right. We did comedy before there was any money. Mm -hmm. I did comedy for free for years because it's in me. It's something mm -hmm. I had to get out. It's something that is part of me, you know? I don't think you should do comedy unless you feel like you would die if you don't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. You feel me? No, I do. I do. So let me tell you something. I um I signed up for a amateur comedy night here in Charlotte right before the pandemic. And then okay, I did stop, go stop. Why? Because well, I right. think I'm funny as fuck, man. I, and I have oh. jokes all the time. I'm always telling jokes. I'm always making people laugh. My mom always- jokes. Jokes that you- Not, not made up jokes. Stories. Stories. Uh -huh. It's just wit off the dome. I don't tell- I don't like write jokes out and be like, hey, I just, you know, flew in from Vegas and boy, my arms are tired. I, no, none of that shit. It's just like I tell stories that are true. And usually it'd be like shit that's dark, but I'll make it funny, right? So I wrote some stuff about growing up with parents that are were addicted to drugs. And in the 80s, you know, everybody, mama, half of us, exactly. mama and daddy was smoking crack in the 80s, right? Me, me, me. So, yeah, so I made some jokes about it and... I thought it was real funny, but then I didn't go because I didn't want to offend my family. I didn't want to offend my parents and the people who I love, who the jokes were about. So I didn't tell them. So what would you say to someone who wants to use their life experience that may be dark, but you find a way to make it humorous? How do you apply that without hurting people? Well, or you're going to you... hurt some people. You're going to. It's, it's, if you're married to a painter, at some time, you're going to get some paint on you. Okay. If you're fucking with a sculptor, at some point you're going to get some clay on you. If you have a comedian in your family, you're going to probably 
get some, you know, material that you can identify <laughs> applies to you on stage. And even if you're in a relationship yep. with a guy, mm-hmm. that is going to end up on stage. Now, it's how you treat me that determines mm-hmm. what I say on stage. If you treat mm-hmm. me like a queen, I'm going to be on stage talking about my man is really amazing. I can't believe I got this guy. I found it. Da, da, da. Or if you treat me like a dick, then I'm going to be on stage talking about the shit you did. <laughs> so that's really on them what you say. Um, you have to have a certain fuck it attitude. I talk about my daughter with my daughter backstage. Okay. I've talked about my, my husband with him looking right at me. You have to have you have to be able to turn that off. And they're either gonna get with the program or they're not. Now for a, I have seven brothers and sisters. Hella stories probably. And for a long time they didn't they didn't support me and what I was doing. They didn't like it. They didn't like the language that I used because, you know, at this particular time, nobody in my family, except for one of my older brothers, had a mouth like me. Nobody. And uh, my mother, very delicate and sedate, and she didn't support me in that either. Well, fuck that and fuck you too because <laughs> this is what I'm doing. But you want to know something? It's all changed now. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and and they will get on your side if you become successful. If you don't become successful, that's when they be like, see, all that shit talking ain't got you nowhere. You ain't doing shit. Blah, blah, blah. Right. You talk about me shit. smoking crack and you ain't doing shit. <laughs> but it's your life, too. It's like your story, too. So why I can't talk about it? That's how I feel. It's your yeah. story to tell. You just, it, and you know, of course, nobody wants to hurt people's feelings. But it's just like being at war. There's going to be some casualties, right. you know? So I, I just, you know, I would say if it's your truth and you feel like you need to share it because it's other people's truth, then you right. just go ahead and do that and deal with the fallout. Right. Because you know? I feel like, it, I mean, it's so funny shit. I mean, nothing's funny about smoking crack and the devastation that drugs does to the family, but you can find some ways to make that shit crack hilarious. Crack is funny. Absolutely. It's a moment that... <laughs> yeah, that absolutely. But also, <laughs> you have to think also about your comedy because comedy is not exclusive mm-hmm. to black people. So can you take that same material and do it in Who front of a white audience? With? Can you take that same material and do it in front of a Latin audience? Can you take that material and do it in front of a gay audience? Because when you do comedy, you have to do mm-hmm. comedy for all those people. Who right. do you not feel more comfortable people. with, though? You feel right. more comfortable with your people? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the Latin community. They niggas the Latin too, that's community why. I'm very into and um and I really uh I really support Latin comics and the, I, I just I, I in any of the ethnicities are actually way funnier than a lot of the white comics I see. If you go on, you know, Persian night, that shit is funny too. You know, because everybody you know, talking about terrorists and shit like that, and they know it. So they make fun of that, and that's funny. If you go to Latin night, that's hilarious. You go to gay night, some because when you go do comedy, you shouldn't just go right. see black comics. You should go right. see everybody, right. so that you can sort of gauge and you know be able to look at your audience and and between the between the walk from backstage to the microphone, you should be able to read the audience just that quick and. If you're scripted, you do the same comedy in Mississippi as you do in New York, you do in Chicago. That don't always work. But if you mm-hmm. freestyle a lot, then you can adjust your shit to the audience that you're performing in front of. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does yeah. that make sense? 
It like you can't go sense. to you can't go to Chicago and talk about AC Transit. You have to talk about the L train. You can't you, you know you have to right. talk about what's in in, in the city. Yeah, do some sort research. Of. Right, right. <laughs> have you ever gone on stage and bombed like totally bombed? Like, damn, I did bad. I've never been booed in my life. Whether somebody wants to believe it or not, it's the truth. But I've got the silent mm. treatment before. You know, one of these. Mm -hmm. You know, one of those. Mm -hmm. But that was really only after doing like a big show with like 13 or 14 comics on and you're like number 13 and they've been sitting there watching comedy for like four hours. Like, we tired, you know. But mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of bad experiences, but I've had some. But I've never been booed, ever. Do you think that's a rite of passage for a comedian or a comic to just have one, at least one show where you fucked up kind of and it teaches you some humility? I think I you better stay humble out the gate, period. Yeah. Because the one of the worst shows I've ever done was trying to be cocky and be like, let me show you how it's done, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. And then you go out and then it don't work for you because God will put his hand mm -hmm. down and, 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 fuck, and fuck your shit up. I try to never be like, you know, like I might be happy after I've done something really great, but I don't go back there and say, I killed that shit. I, killed, I, I just don't do that. That's just me. Because mm -hmm. it, it's an unattractive trait. Cockiness is an unattractive trait that makes me sick of people, you know? Right. You yeah. let the comedy speak for itself. I do. That's just me, though, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, the people who probably should be listening to this podcast and getting the gems may not be. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just like when, when, when grown folks have a discussion about gun play and stuff in the streets. Well, the people with the guns and in the streets ain't sitting home looking at that right. podcast. Right. So they didn't mm -hmm. get the memo, you know. But I hope that whoever's watching and listening does at least consider some of the stuff that we're talking about. You know, you got to make your decision for yourself. Right. I think I'm going to try to jump Girl, back you ain't never tell me that story I'm now. I'm a little nervous. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I said, you ain't never huh? told okay, me but, that. Okay, but I just always been curious. But what is, the, what is the goal? What do you want? What, what are you going to get out of I just want to make people laugh. Forever? Forever. That's my Because, you know, greatest... comedians don't retire. Mm -hmm. They die. Right. Right. You know that, right? I didn't. Comedians don't I didn't. retire. Right. Robin didn't Harris know. didn't retire. Paul Mooney didn't retire. Dick Gregory didn't retire. Joan Rivers didn't retire. We don't right. retire. We work until we die. Die. So. But I'm okay with that. If I can spend my life making people laugh, I'm okay with that. You know? What if somebody offered you a broadcast uh, position because you're doing broadcasting now? Would, would you go into that? It certainly Absolutely. pays more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just If I could just bring joy to people, that's all it. It ain't even about money for me. I just want to see people smiling, man. I like to yeah. laugh and cook. That's and it. I just want to use my truth to do that. You yeah. won't be able to see them smiling on big stages, mm -hmm. but you'll hear them. Right. Because when I'm, when I'm in the dressing room and I like if I'm headlining and I got my host and my feature out, I'm not really listening to their material too much. I'm listening to see if right. I hear the laughs. Right. Are they laughing at this motherfucker? That's right. that's what I want to know. And then also, I do try to listen. You know, some rooms you can't hear the stage, and other rooms have the monitor mm -hmm. where you can watch the show. It's mm -hmm. always helpful to watch the comments ahead of you because you may have material that's similar to theirs. You don't want to go out looking like a hack because that subject has already been breached. So then maybe you want to change your set and not do that and do this instead, as I already talked about mm -hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? Right. It pays to to listen. And then when, when I see younger comics come and they're 
they like they want to go do multiple rooms in a night. Well, that's fine, but you are on a show with like George Lopez. You should probably stay and watch the person who's in the position right. you're trying to get to to see what they did. Why did this joke work good in this room? What is this room like? Do they like? Uh, are they couples? Are they single? Are they black? Are they white? Are they drinking? Are they sober? Are they happy? Are they grumpy? You know, all that shit has a lot to do with what you do and how you're going to be received. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you will you will have like uh like what you're going to say plan and then switch it up right before you go out there? I really only have about four things planned and I have 30 years worth of material in my head though, see? Right. So I can pull from anything. Right. You know. Want to talk about pregnancy? I got that. Want to talk about divorce? I got that. Want to talk about crack? I got that. Want to talk about weight? I got that. You know? Mm-hmm. Want to talk about interracial relationships? I got that. I don't even see my, my man, somebody in my team is married to a white woman. I talk shit about him every single day. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how the fuck y'all live together. You got the black guy going through the house, turning the heat up. You got the white girl going through the house, turning the heat down. <laughs> <laughs> all fucking day the thermostat is up and down I'm so cold yeah but I'm burning up well I'm freezing but it's hot in here you know? I know you uh, you on the Cat Williams um, tour and he named it World War 3 World War 3 right now Cat Williams is one of the most funniest but he's also like one of the more to me one of the more conscious uh, entertainers in the industry why, did, why, why is it World War 3 does he think that we about to go to war no we're at war if you mm-hmm. haven't noticed. Yeah. We're dealing with chemical warfare. Spiritual. warfare. We're dealing with yes, spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. racial warfare. We're in it now. Where It's not mm-hmm. coming. We're in it now. You know, we're at war. They're killing our mm-hmm. brothers in the street with no repercussions. If you look at the poor, the, the girl Shikari that got busted yep. for smoking weed for the Olympics right after yep. her mother died. But now they got a white girl that tested positive for some other drug, and they're going to let her. Let her, yeah, they're going to let her participate. So is that not war? Yeah. That's fucking war you know, to people, me. Yeah. People are, we, yeah. we, you know? Black people are definitely not at the, bot, at the uh, bottom of the totem pole. These motherfuckers work around the clock to figure out ways to fuck us up. And we just be chilling. I'm just trying to figure out, like, what's the what's the attack? Like, why? Like, black people got to realize, like, we super special. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. It's wicked. Well, you would need to get a white politician on or somebody white to mm-hmm. answer that question for you. <laughs> I think that a lot of it has to do mm-hmm. with jealousy. That's what I'm saying. White men are obviously mm-hmm. jealous of black men and their sexual mm-hmm. prowess. You know, no, any nigga exactly. can pull your bitch, by the way. Swag and a dick, all mm-hmm. right. Okay. <laughs> it may not be in public. It might be behind the building. But, you know, very few white men can pull mm-hmm. a sister away from mm-hmm. a brother. Right. But but a brother can pull your bitch any day. Because we're superior. They're very upset the fact that we're the first people, that we're superior we can do different things to our hair, and they're always like, "Oh, let me touch it. Oh, can I touch it?" And then they want, and then they pat you on the head like a dog, or run their hand right. over your head like this. Now you're gonna get <laughs> fucked up. You know, that we're super talented. Anything we put our mind to, we can yep. excel. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Richard, the movie yes. Venus and Serena. They yes. didn't see black girls from Compton coming. Over, oh, they came exactly. and they you know, dominated. We're at the top of the game. Tiger Woods. They didn't think a nigga was going to be on the golf course doing it like that. 
but look what happened. You know, we're gonna, we got some swimmers. We got, you know, anything we do, we excel in. And I think a lot of rage and jealousy comes behind that from from maybe the white men in power because that's that is their power being in power. Money mm-hmm. is the power mm-hmm. play that they got. I blame you know? their bitches. Right. I blame but white women that, you know. because we already know black like black women like we may not we be on the forefront, you know. But white women they be in the bedrooms and they they pillow talking with their men and telling them what the fuck to do. Like the women, the men to me and doing <laughs> anal. Right. What? <laughs> I tried. Listen. <laughs> I tried that shit one time. I'm not doing that no more. My eyebrows burnt right off my face. It hurts so fast. I'll do it once a year, maybe uh, for 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 a birthday or something. Mm -mm. I ain't doing that no more. I ain't doing my ass is as it was when I was. Now you said you would take a COVID test in that ass this morning. Now I saw. Yeah, but look at that. That's that's that swab is very tiny. That's nothing but like this. You damn fool. As opposed to something that's like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's ahead. the? <laughs> but if you could do it, bitch, you got skills, honey. Because I, 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 w- I wish I could do it, but I, I can't do it. No, I had a friend who said she Ooh, ride dick with her asshole. I got a girlfriend who said she can I sit and spin on a no, motherfucker. Oh ass. no! I said, bitch, you are a. That you shit does not feel honey. good. It's just the act of it, the nasty ass act of it. It feels good yeah. to them. Yeah. <laughs> mm-mm. I don't know why anybody would want to fuck me in my dirty asshole when I got a fabulous. <laughs> Pussy that's like just this far away. I feel like if you fuck a woman in the no, ass, you fuck a man. No, I don't feel ass. like anything a man does with a woman yeah. is king. No. I don't think so. Cause no, I, yeah, I you can't do nothing with a woman. Ass be ding, ding, ding. What do you think about that? <laughs> Them niggas gay? Well, I, I ain't want nobody to. asking me to stick these in nobody's <laughs> like, ass. First yeah. that ain't I'll happening. do it, but... I mean, I know niggas some I fuck guys who... I might have jigged with a dildo before, but they're fucking... They got something latent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They always say, well, it's the prostate, and that's very sexual. Oh, nigga, really? How did right. you know that? <laughs> I'm not into the ass play, but that's just me. Anybody else, whatever you do in the bedroom that make you and your partner happy, go for it. But right, don't right. don't come at me with that shit. I'm not, I'm don't. not doing it. <laughs> Hold on, Tam. Let's pay some bills. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Uh-huh. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dumb bitch stories. You're so dumb. Because we've all been a dumb bitch at least once or twice. We have this segment on our show called Dumb Bitch Story, right? And we share our stories of like making bad choices when it comes to men and relationships or getting played by a nigga or something like that. Can you share with us a time where like a nigga played with you or you made a bad choice behind a man? Yeah, I have a 30-year bad choice <laughs> that I was fucking with on and off for like 30 years. And, and and he was the best lover I ever had. That was mm-hmm. probably the was reason. Mm-hmm. But he taught me a lot. And, you know, he spoke mm. Yoruba. I thought that was so African empowering. Nigga. And, you know, he did a lot of, he was really nature guy and, you know, camping and all that shit. And, uh, uh, but at the end of the day, it took me 30 years to finally cut this motherfucker loose, you know, and never fuck with him again. And uh, I, I don't think I wasted my time with him, but I, it certainly wasn't productive. I'll say that. Yeah. And it was just really a, a, a sex sex thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like he felt freer with me than probably anybody else. And I felt freer with him as well. And that was the... But, but when you put your feet on the floor... <laughs> Right, <laughs> you know, can we still get along exactly. with our feet on the floor when they're not up in the air? <laughs> right. So finally had to cut that loose. It only took what, me thirty years. What this thirty years. Way. See, that's the thing. A nigga fucking, play with you. Fucking oh. Gemini. <laughs> oh, that's sir. <laughs> fucking motherfucking Gemini's. I believe that. Motherfucking shit. ass Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> But see, ladies, listen to that. A nigga will play with you for 30 whole years if you and let that's the, cut that's these the niggas thing. off early. We let, let him. We be letting these niggas. These niggas ain't doing right. shit we ain't yeah. letting them do. But, you know, everything is a learning experience. Some people learn their lesson earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, you grow and you mm-hmm. mature. You know, there's, there's people that could have pulled you when you were 17 that couldn't, couldn't come in the room with you now. Right. We all sort of evolve as we get older. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for me, like, I, me and these younger motherfuckers, girl, (laughs) they like me for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. That fucking content. That's why they like you. So I've often been with, and the guy that, the the guy that, the Gemini, (coughs) excuse me, was older than me. So, you know, I finally had an older guy, older man, teach me this and show me that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't really like guys 
that are my age because they start slowing down and I'm I just eating up. And so yeah. because I have a you know young spirit and I'm out here doing this, a lot of younger guys um say that they're attracted to me. So I, I you know, I'll give we, we, we saw to we saw that X Fenty, with, you know? that savage X Fenty uh shoot. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> that was a business deal. Uh I wouldn't have done it for like right. rainbow, you know, right. lingerie line. <laughs> Excuse me, but it was Rihanna, so right. I feel like that put yes, some legitimacy to it, or else right. I would have never. Because I have four brothers, mm -hmm. and they follow me on Instagram. I don't want to put my ass up there for my brothers to see. I wish I could have blocked them, mm -hmm. but it paid very well. And this is Rihanna, and this is lingerie, and I tried to do it with some class and some style. Right. I even shot. Uh, six-page bread for penthouse, but I didn't bust it open like that. So was that a misconception about Lunel? Because, I mean, based on your comedy content, um, like people would think that you bust it wide open. You know what I'm saying? So that is, that, And we know you don't like hugging strangers, right? So what's the what's the misconception about Lunel? Well, no, I love hugging strangers. No, I love hugging people. I have severe mm. allergies, though. And I'm allergic to some people's perfume or their makeup, and they kiss me or hug me. Then 20 minutes after they leave, I'm starting to wheeze and my eyes are starting to sweat, swell up and I have to put oh, an EpiPen in my leg. I started doing, stopped doing that before quarantine started just mm -hmm. because, you know, twice a year I would have a, a horrible reaction. allergic reaction and then I have to go to the hospital if I'm not around my EpiPen and then they don't know that. I have done shows with my eyes swollen shut before and I still did the show. I didn't cancel. And then I took it off and showed the people so they didn't think I was just trying to be cool and mm -hmm. wear my shades for the whole show. I let them know I'm here for you, doing the show for you, because you paid right. to see me. And here I am. But I'll let you know that I'm struggling right now, but I'm still here to do that. Um, uh, the meet and greets now, we don't do them also because, see, I was on tour with Kat 15 years ago. So that's why it's so wonderful for all of us to be back together again now, 15 years later. Now, when Kat used to do theaters, we would do meet and greets. But if you do a 3,000-seat theater and 2,500 people want a picture, now you're there two and a half hours after the show has ended. Security wants to go home. They want to close the place. They got to pay extra money. And so we had to stop doing that before any of this. But now we're doing arenas right, and shit, yeah. and so we don't we don't come in contact with. So that. I know you've seen the actress right. AJ uh, AJ Johnson interview on another show, and she was talking about how she did a um, a threesome for her fiftieth birthday. So is that a misconception? We can't count on Lunell to have had done a threesome sometime in life. <laughs> oh, Been okay. there, done that. I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I came up through the seventies. Now, this was before crack and before, you know, I was even out there fucking, you know, before the AIDS <laughs> epidemic even hit. Right. You know, I've lost 25 right. friends to AIDS. You know, it's not just about COVID. AIDS is still out there. Gonorrhea is still out there. Mm -hmm. Herpes is still out there. You need to be safe, mm -hmm. period. You shouldn't put nobody's raw dick in your mouth, in your ass, or your pussy until they put a ring on it and you don't lock down and said this yeah, is Yeah, but even at that rate, that's what Period. I say. I I preach about condom sex all the time on this show. <laughs> but some people don't like uh a lot of people don't like 
They like it raw. That's it. They don't well, that's fine. If they like taking penicillin, they like taking pills, and they like going to the doctor, <laughs> fuck raw as much as you want. You just got to find one raw dick, you. man. Good sex one raw dick. Okay. One raw dick. I, I, me, personally, I don't want to fuck. All it takes is one. You have to trust who you with. All it takes If you is know one. what you're doing in bed, it wouldn't matter if you had a sock on your dick. Damn, if teach you know me how to do that, because I don't know what to do with no socks. <laughs> well... <laughs> It could save you. That sock Look, might save you. One of my life. friends last right. night, he, he told me that uh, he was fucking with an older woman one time and she was blow drying her pussy. She was blow drying her pussy. Like, yeah, you these, these these young girls don't know about that. He said her pussy was so fucking warm. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, I never blow dry my pussy before I fuck somebody now to get it get a little hot box going on. I think that's the exception. <laughs> I think that's the exception, not the rule. You know. <laughs> me I don't neither. know nothing about no blow dryer. It's not like she got some shit going on down there. <laughs> Trying to make sure she ain't got no extra <laughs> yeah. moisture. <All> right. <laughs> oh, well, if if she if if you're with any man, and you, you know, I, I'm a big believer that there's no such thing as vaginal dryness. It's I man. think if you're with the right motherfucker, yes. your pussy gonna get wet. If you kiss on somebody and they're messing with you and your pussy don't get wet, listen to your pussy. That's your pussy's right. way of saying exactly. we don't really want to fuck him. Right. That part. Yeah. You may want to, but we don't want to. <laughs> right. Listen to your pussy, lady. <laughs> right. Listen if he got a spit started, it ain't for you. Ugh, don't spit on me, nasty motherfucker. <laughs> what is that? What is that? But yeah, um but but I do I do I do like to hug folks and I did a lot of that. But mm-hmm. I just can't do it no more. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If one takeaway that our listeners can get from you about life and being a comedian and the f- your future, what would you give them? Uh, one piece of advice about being a woman. <laughs> well, about life or about being a comedian? Because that's two different. <laughs> okay, well, maybe that part was for me. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, whichever one you choose. Okay, well, as far as being a comedian, I would say don't ever, ever believe your own publicity or drink the Kool Aid or think you're the shit even if you are, because there's some little comedian in Natchez, Mississippi, that could probably wipe the floor with you and you just don't Mm. know who they are. They got comedians in Africa. They got comedians in Jamaica. They got comedians in the South. They got comedians here on the East Coast where I am. The East Coast comedians are way more intelligent and have way more highbrow type of comedy than we do. I'm from the South. You know, I'm talking about neck bones and stuff like that, but they could be talking about Wall Street and shit that we right. don't even know about. So I just say, you know, like Kendrick says, sit down, bitch. Be humble. You know, mm-hmm. don't ever, ever, ever think that you're the shit because there's somebody out there that is better than you, and they coming for your spot. Right. Period. As far as life goes, I would say just try to, you know, try to be nice. But if somebody's not being nice back to you, yeah, get that ass up. Don't take no shit <laughs> off of nobody, especially racially these days. Don't If somebody rapes you, don't wait 14 years to tell it. Tell. If right. somebody hurts you, don't wait to tell that. Tell. Uh, uh, you know, if somebody steals your material, tell about that. That's mm-hmm. what these platforms are for. And, and, and if somebody's just an asshole, you can tell that too. Because the day of not saying something about somebody who's fucked up so you don't lose your job. Yes. That shit is over. 
Fuck the job. Integrity over everything. Tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Get another job. Yeah, mm -hmm. over everything. I mean, but I'm not, you know, I'm not Miss Cleo. I can't uh, be a soothsayer <laughs> for everybody, but this is just what I find works for me. One of the reasons that I even got in comedy is just to tell, to purge some stuff out of me. For Therapy, me, comedy is yeah. my church. I don't get to go to church. I'm always flying on a Sunday or I'm doing a show on a Sunday, and I love church. Well, I love right. the music. Mm -hmm. And some of the word. Because I've been doing a deep dive into this thing now, and I'm like, <clears throat> well, Jesus didn't write the Bible. Right. Mm -hmm. Some white man did. And so we had a religion mm -hmm. before we came over here from Africa that didn't include Christ, the blonde white man. I would like to know more about, you know, the Yerba the, 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 that the Gemini taught me, religion, and some of our black ancestral stuff. You can go to church. I love church. I, I like the feeling. I, I can get the word. You take from it what you, what you want and leave the rest. But, you know, uh, everybody that dies does not go to heaven. Some people are assholes. And then, oh, he was a good man. No, he wasn't. Oh, he, you know, first accepted Christ when he was seven years old. No, he didn't. You know, <laughs> tell the fucking truth about 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 people and and yeah, and, and just try to be, try to be a good person, but just yeah, don't take it, no shit, you know. And it don't have to be. There's also a way to cuss people out without cussing too, because I have a bachelor of arts degree uh, uh, um, in uh, English literature from mm -hmm. Cal State Hayward, and people hey. don't know that. And I can write a letter on your ass <laughs> that will rip your ass to shreds without using any cuss words, period. That's a I white bitch shit right I'm there now. I just to do it and I like it. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know how to channel yeah, your It's definitely theory. relationships. Okay. It's I'm relationships over religion for me. That's what it is. I can speak Karen's <laughs> language anytime she's ready. <laughs> Where's your next show? Friday night okay. in New Orleans. Saturday night in Little Rock, All right, Y'all, New Orleans, she's going to be we at have... the Uno Lakefront Arena, just in case you didn't know. I know where you're going to be at tomorrow, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, the, the, the World War Three comedy tour is a 100-city mm. tour. We've done, like, maybe 35 shows. So, and I think the cat's going to take off during the summer, and we... We're, we're booked up till May right now. Mm -hmm. And at the end of May, we may take a little break and then do some more stuff. Y'all coming to Charleston? I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. But, I'll see you if you're going to be there in April. I I'm, I'm going you. to that show in some yes. city. I don't know what city it's going to be. but <laughs> Just hit me in the DMs, ladies. Right. <laughs> I'll Thank make you. it happen Appreciate for you. Appreciate it. All right, yeah, ladies, we, we like gonna free shit now. I was yeah. going to pay, but... We love I, I know. <laughs> we don't like free shit. <laughs> I know I got to go see the Tina play for free. I was like, yes. Oh, I bet that was great. good. Yeah. It was, you know, anytime you get to see, first of all, thank God Broadway's back open if you're mm -hmm. into that. I love live performance, period. My daughter is a dancer. If you've mm -hmm. done your deep dive, you know about my daughter. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, so, and, and, uh, so I was very tuned into the dancers. The show was worked their ass off. Because it ain't easy being an eye cat, if you, mm -hmm. you know. Tina right. Turner's, it, it ain't easy mm -hmm. being an eye cat. You dance your ass, ass off. off. They don't right. have no slow songs. That they, it might right. start slow, but it ain't but gonna end like up. that. Yeah, and so they really worked their ass off last night, and it was it was good to see. <laughs> I uh I I I thank you for um 
you know, this opportunity. And I hope that the people who watch this do comment and chime back to you about the feedback, whether they thought it was good or bad or indifferent. And uh, I, I, I don't have a, a lot of fucks <laughs> left, but I got two or three. I give a fuck what people <laughs> think sometime a little bit. But I just hope that, you know, you guys enjoyed the, that the, the viewers enjoy the um, podcast and support your, uh, your show. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate that. Okay, at Lunell on Instagram, everybody. If you watch this, hit me in the DMs and tell me that you that you watch the sisters. At Lunell, L-U-E-N-E-L-L. Okay? Oh, my God, man. I love Lunell. She's so dope, man. Me too. Lunell is a damn fool. You got to follow her on Instagram and watch these goddamn lives, girl. And, you know, we always be talking about how we need to get on live more often. And she can do it. Mm -hmm. Lunell is 62. If she can do we it, definitely we definitely can get can our ass it. on there. We're going to start this week coming up. <laughs> I love her. What's her Instagram again? It's at Lunell. At Lunell on Instagram. Okay. So, mm -hmm. And I, I, Lunell, I hope you send us those tickets. Like you said, uh, it's the World War Three tour that she's going to be on, you guys. So y'all go check that like out. For sure. I'm gonna, I'm just, yeah, that's dope. All right, y'all. So look, if you enjoyed this episode, please tune in every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever the fuck you get your podcast at. This is your girl, AJ Holiday 2.0 on Instagram. Follow me now if you won't get on. And it's me, official Tam Bam on Instagram. Y'all follow me too. I love you guys. Y'all have a good one. And y'all remember, speak now. And never, ever hold your peace. Deuces. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.